We're talking with Coco Montoya. He's got a new album out called Coming In Hot, and he's on tour, going to be coming to our area at the Auburn State Theater on Saturday, July 30th. Coco, it's great to talk with you again. Oh, so great to hear your voice, buddy. Thank you so much for having me. We were just mentioning that I think the last time we did an interview might have been almost 30 years ago. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's going back quite a bit. Well, let's just roll through your history for a little bit, and then we'll move up to the new album and all the cool things going on right now. I remember you started out with a guy that I used to get to see a lot and actually did a few interviews with, Albert Collins. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great Albert Collins, yeah. Now, how in the world did you—and you ended up being his drummer. Yeah, I started out as a drummer. Were you hanging around a bar in Chicago or something, or how'd you, or in Vegas or wherever Albert was? Well, the Albert was living in L.A. at the time. He had come out here from Texas uh, through the uh, advice and help of Bob Height from Canned Heat. And uh, so I, I'd heard about him through a, horn, a sax player that uh, played with him that was playing with the weekend Top 40 band I was in. And uh, uh, through him, I met Albert socially one gig, went to see Buddy Miles, and we hung out and got along fine. And uh, But still didn't know anything about him. I didn't know who he was. Wasn't uh, privy to the blues thing. But um, yeah, we, we just hung out a little bit. And the uh, next thing I know, uh, he's doing a matinee at the club in Culver City that I play at. I used to play at anyway. And... Um, he asked me to sit in. They used my drums. That's what happened. And uh, I didn't have a problem with him using the drums. Anyway, everything worked out great. I sat in. He took my phone number. And uh, several months after that, we got a phone call. And he was desperate in need of a drummer. And uh, I went out on the road with him. Uh, no rehearsal, no nothing. Just went straight up to Eugene, Oregon and did the first show. Is that where you transitioned then from drums to guitar while you were playing with Albert Collins? No, I had already been messing around with guitar as a second instrument you know uh i i was really in love with drums at the time and but uh playing drums with albert obviously i you know he influenced me a lot and, and made me even I, he was making me transition more to guitar as well without me knowing it uh later on after about four years with albert i kind of got the the hint that i was pretty limited as a drummer i uh, didn't have a lot of technical knowledge or anything like that i didn't really study or anything so but he was always influencing me. You know, we were always playing guitars in the, the hotel rooms and stuff. And uh, yeah, he influenced me a lot. And it was through him playing with him and getting more, you know, more knowledge about blues and uh, that kind of music and roots music. I got out of the business from Albert. I totally quit the music business. Had a day job, had a bartending job, and I would just go jam for fun, much like much like a bowler would just go bowl on the weekends, you know. That's where John Mayall happened to hear me, and uh, oddly enough, he, he called me up. He got my number and called me up and uh, offered me the job at the Bluesbreakers. That's about the time that I ran across you, and we got to know each other. That's an amazing phone call to get one of the greats of all time, John Mayall, giving you a call and saying he wants you to play guitar for him. Uh, that was, yeah. That Those two incidents, those two people in my life were incredible uh, strokes of luck. I mean, the, the chance to meet those guys and... Uh, I don't think I'd be doing anything right now if it wasn't for Albert Collins and it wasn't for uh, John Mayall, for sure. Huge influence. We're talking with Coco Montoya, who's coming to the Auburn State Theater, coming up on Saturday, July 30th. 
Now, you've got a, a new album out. Now, we'll call it a new album, Coming In Hot, but it's really a COVID new album in that it came out a while ago, and now it's out again. <laughs> that's, that's that's pretty much it. You, you got it described better than I could. Uh, the the COVID thing happened, and uh, we didn't get a chance to go out and promote it as, as we wished. But we're still out working it, and um, as a matter of fact, it, uh, we're... Uh, in the beginning processes of uh, trying to record something new, uh, we're just checking out music and writing right now, but uh, hopefully we'll have something new for the next year. I was looking at some of the stuff on the new album, the new COVID album, shall we say. <laughs> yeah, the and, new COVID album. Right, right. Coming in hot. Is that Alligator Records? Yes, it is. All right. Still working with Bruce, huh? Oh, yeah. Still, still hanging there with Bruce. Yeah. He's the owner of Alligator, for those folks listening. Um, and I noticed you got Johnny Lee Shell on here, who's an old pal from Bonnie Raitt's bands. Exactly. Yeah, I actually uh, recorded it in his studio. Uh, Johnny Lee and uh, the great Mike Finnegan's on it, uh, who recently passed away. I've had some wonderful players on there. Mike Minnell, Tony Braunagle, the producer. So there's some great people on there. If people are coming to the Auburn State Theater next Saturday to see you play, what kind of blues are they going to get in their ears? Well, you know, I've always been, to me, I think a little bit of a hybrid, you know, kind of happens at my age group and stuff. I have so many other influences besides blues, blues is being the basis of everything for me. You can expect to hear a wide variety of, of grooves and things to make you happy. And uh, I, I explore a lot of uh, different avenues. I have to tell you that there's one moment that still sticks out in my, my memory, and I, and I want you to confirm that this actually happened. Maybe I just dreamed it. But I remember seeing Little Feet in Santa Cruz 30-some years ago and having a wonderful time and it being the break and everything. And then I looked up on stage, and the second set was about to happen, and it looked like Lowell George had walked on stage because some guy was plugging in an amp, and he had white overalls over, and he was bent over backwards, and it turned out to be you. Was it white overalls? I don't think I did that, but uh, I, I, maybe it wasn't white. It just it looked like something that Lowell would wear. Is all I'm saying, and it kind of looked yeah, like. I've heard that before. A couple people have said that. Uh, I, I talked to Paul Barrera about. It. He said, "No way, you don't look anything like Lowell." And I said, "Well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I actually, at the beginning of Little Feet, I, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of them until much later when they actually broke up." And I got connected with Richie Hayward, the drummer, and we became very, very good friends. And we'd play locally in Venice, California, Santa Monica together for tip jars, you know. Yeah. Uh, and they finally got themselves together and regrouped. And uh, yeah, what a fantastic band. What a, what an incredible amount of musicians. The musicians that have gone through that band are just a number one, you know, I'm just amazed by them all. And they're, and they're just still doing it now. Yeah, Little Feet's still out on tour. Of course, we lost Paul a couple of years back. Um, I, I was right. actually with Paul a couple of months before he passed. But um, they were always the, like the heart and soul of everything I love in music. So to, and, and oh, yes. I, I feel a little of that, that heart and soul in your music, too. I mean, you just it, there's a passion there that's, um, I don't know, undescribable. Well, the, the the influence of those guys, I mean, uh, Paul produced my Dirty Deal album on Alligator, Paul Barrera, and then all the guys are playing on it, uh, Kenny and, uh, Fred, and, and Fred Tackett and Richie, of course, you know, he was my my partner in crime for a long time, I'm just a wonderful guy. Uh, all those guys are wonderful, and they're just 
I'm glad to see that they're still out there doing it and uh, keeping it moving. Might we get a little feet tuned during your set this coming Saturday? Oh, I don't think you'll get one of those, but uh, you never know in the future. I've always wanted to look out, look at their catalog and see if there was something I could do in tribute to uh, a fantastic band and uh, some very dear friends. We've been talking with Coco Montoya. He's coming to the Auburn State Theater on Saturday, July 30th, 7.30 show. It's going to be a wonderful night of great blues. Coco, thanks for spending some time chatting with us. Well, I do appreciate you giving me a call, and it's, uh, let's not make it so long next time. No, we'll try and do these interviews more than once every 30 years. How's that? Yeah, I don't think I got another 30, so you better shorten it up a little bit. <laughs> That's Coco Montoya. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Thank you.